Hey, friend of the pod, it's Tyler here. Look, something happened with our episode this week. It did not record the first about 10 minutes where we're cracking wise and catching up in each other's lives. So sorry about that. If you want to get that part of the episode, it did make it to Facebook Live. So head over to our Facebook page to check that out. Uh, This week's episode is all about the sermon. So enjoy that. We're talking about God and nature and the Psalms. Enjoy that. Just wanted to give you a little heads up about uh, what's ahead. So enjoy. Sir, your opus, <laughs> we your opus was this past weekend. Yes. I've never yes. seen somebody more in their element yes. than Barry Rodriguez talking about nature and science in the middle of a sermon. Yeah, I was excited about this one. Give. And it's purely, I mean, I would say chance or or providence that Olivia got to be on this weekend as well. Oh, that's awesome. She just was, this was like the free weekend she had. And then she found out that I was preaching and I told her what the topic was. It was awesome. So that's awesome. It was, it was fun. It was a great yeah. chance to um, talk about all that. So usually I say like, what's the big idea? Can you give us a recap in yeah. case anybody missed it? But I just kind of want to like turn off my mic and let you go. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just want you to like, give me, yeah. give me everything right now because it was great. It was a great sermon. Thanks. You were totally in your element. I've Thanks. never seen like you. So I've seen you passionate about all kinds of different topics, but never like, you were doing the mind blown thing. Yeah. Like you were geeked up yeah, well, you in were, the best possible sense. Into there it. are two reasons why that was the case. <laughs> One was because it's a topic I care about and I find really, really interesting and I probably more interesting than other people. So I wanted to like convey that. The, the other thing being creation or creation, God's hand in creation, yeah. God as creator and how awe inspiring that is. I, yeah. I mean, I was just taking my cues from the Psalmist, yeah. like Psalm 104 he is blown away at what he sees in God's creation. And it's all about, I'm going to praise you with everything I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, let everything I am mm-hmm. praise the Lord. So I wanted to kind of convey that in a way that took some of these ideas, which may not make us go, wow, like, oh, the storks make their homes in the cypresses. Neat. You know, we don't, that doesn't make us think, wow, but I wanted to like yeah. give some energy to it. The other thing was it's worship together weekend. And yeah. so I intentionally tried to do things that would draw in and engage some of our younger uh, attenders and yeah. make sure that kids were finding something they could hold on to and, and get excited about too. So into it. Uh, well, hang on real quick. Uh, Marin, your dad says when you were a punk rocker. Yes. Those days. Uh, what do you mean? You, what do you mean? Were when you were a young, a young, <laughs> a young punk rocker. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yes. You made it more funky by not taking showers. <laughs> Did he really yeah. <laughs> That's so amazing. It's a good family affair here on between Sundays this week. Keeping it funky. He didn't talk about the time I pierced my eyebrow. I'm surprised no, at that. No, I didn't say that yet. <laughs> Just monitoring Facebook over here. Yeah. Sorry, Barry, you were All saying. I to say raising kids is super easy. Is what, <laughs> I'm, is what I'm gathering. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all that to say, yeah, basically I the, the psalm, I kind of divided it up into three major awe-inspiring ideas. Number one is the, is the idea that God is the creator. And yeah. that he, Yahweh, created everything and just by speaking. And he's the only one who did it. There was no other God involved. Number two, I talked about 
God's provision in creation, the fact that, and as the Psalm goes on and on about, God is tenderly caring for wild animals and he's providing grass for the cattle and he's providing food for humans. And he, like all of these things he's, he's gently providing, he's the provider of creation. So he's not, yeah. just, it's not just something he did long ago in the past. It's about something that he continues mm-hmm. to do. And it's, it's something that the word creator even conveys more of an idea of an ongoing creation, a creativity almost to use that, that word. Uh, and then the third section, which I, I didn't spend a ton of time on cause it, it it's really, really mind blowing and weird, but it's this idea, um, again, from Psalm 104, that God's breath or his spirit is actually what sustains and drives life mm-hmm. to begin with. So Ruach. O- Ruach, yeah. So not only is God the creator, not only is he the provider, but he also kind of is life, which is super yeah. trippy and weird. But there's there's some really interesting theological foundations for that if you start drawing some threads together through scripture. Mm-hmm. So some of the, uh, they were, they were good fun facts for sure. Mm-hmm. I expected like a list of like top 25, like weird science. <laughs> in, fun in facts, the app. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing that I've never paid attention to, well, okay. So Barry and I went on vacation earlier this year and the book that Barry brought to the beach was the, um, Conscience Con- of con- consciousness, consciousness uh, of, of cephalopods, octopus. <laughs> so this is where we're coming from with like science, like how much fun science is for Barry. For Barry. Yeah. Yes. So uh, the thing you dropped that I had never even thought about, and it, I, I don't, I still don't know that I can think about it, is that there are three trillion galaxies. Yeah. In the observable universe, and we yeah. have, and we have no idea what lies beyond that. It could go on and on and on. Could can, be infinite. Can we even get a spaceship like to the edge of our galaxy? And who is no. counting okay, to so, three trillion? So, if it's observable. Oh no. So here's here's how they do that. They they have some intern. The only way it's it's completely an estimate. But what they've done is they've focused the Hubble telescope on a patch of empty sky where you can't see any stars or any galaxies, even through the telescope. And they've let it sit there and look at the same patch of sky for like days, I think 11 days or something like that. And all the really weak light that you wouldn't normally be able to see ends up hitting the the telescope and they're able to see. And when they pull up that picture and they looked at it for the first time, what they saw was an entire blanket of other galaxies. Just every patch of that sky was filled with galaxies. And it's insane. There's just they're ever and so they've taken they've done that many times and they've estimated that based on what we can see and how far away all these things are and all that stuff, we can estimate this is likely how many galaxies there are. It's some poor interns like one one trillion nine hundred ninety nine billion nine hundred ninety nine mil wait, nine hundred and ninety eight mil shoot. Ah! Where was that? One, <laughs> two, yeah. one. Yeah. Uh man, so. this was like full of just like Fun facts, just all throughout the the sermon. Fun pictures. It yeah, was fun pictures. Like, it was everything. Um, but it was all the things. So the cool part is that you were saying God thought all of this up yeah. and just like spoke it into being existence, yeah. Yeah. right? And and here's the deal. I didn't talk specifically about 
some people would say, you know, the age of the universe or, or expansion of the universe. There's all sorts of different ways of looking at that. Yeah. And I'm not, I didn't want to get into it regardless of whether all of this started from God speaking it from a single point or from uh, speaking it all yeah. into an, the way it currently is and all of that, whatever it was, somehow either the laws of physics that he created or the existence of these stars in the current place that they are, whatever it is, it's all spectacular mm-hmm. for God to have been able to think of this and speak it into being so spectacular that we can't even wrap our mind around it. Do you think he can, like he created one galaxy and then he stepped back and he looked at it and he said, how can I make this more funky? Right. Mm. Funkier. Mm. That's a good question. And everyone just got better and better. And then he was like, and better. I'm not going to shower for a while <laughs> and then we'll do it. Uh, okay. So, and you were talking about how ancient cultures, like this was just like a brand new idea that one God made the entire Right. Everything you see and everything you don't see. Right. Can right. you talk a little bit about that? There are a couple of records of what we would potentially call monotheistic religions of only one God, but like very few, very few. Uh, Judaism was very unique in that it saw God as the sole creator. Now, you, I didn't get into this because this would have been way too far afield, but there, there are definitely indications that the early Israelites thought there were other gods. Yeah. But only Yahweh was the creator. The idea of strict monotheism that he's the actually the only divine being or the only god period, that's that came later. But yeah. regardless, what they believed was so radical in the whole world because everybody believed that there were all these different gods involved and I use the story of Marduk, the the <laughs> Babylonian creation mythology that it's called the Enuma Elish and I've read it and it's interesting, I guess. It's kind of weird and Marduk wasn't even the first God. There were these other gods that like created Marduk and I don't remember how he was created. And then they pick him to go to battle against Tiamat and they fight. So it's just like the way that mythology worked was not the way that in Israel, it's like, no, Yahweh spoke and he breathed. And that was how everything came to be, which is just wild. Was, I mean, was it as simple as like Abraham started, Abraham showed up and then that's, that's what everybody started believing. Like how did this become the thing that everybody all of a sudden started believing that, how the universe was made. Uh, I would say, well, cause if there's all kinds of people believe in all kinds of things about right. the start of the universe and how everything was existing, Abraham shows up and it's like, Yahweh, you're the true God. Is that all it took? And then we're off to the races. Well, to, to be honest, we don't know who somehow I, I mean, I, the answer, the short answer is I believe that God's spirit spoke this truth to his people who wrote down the words of truth that they heard. However, the actual like formation of Genesis, there's a lot of different ways of thinking about it. Regardless, it's spirit breathed, but does it, you know, did God, um, did he spell it all out just to one to Moses and Moses wrote it all down because it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily Abraham who knew all of this, but Moses was likely the the first person that Genesis is attributed to. So this may have been something that was a, a, a tradition held in Israel mm. through the, through the, um, the time in Egypt. Um, there are some scholars on the other end of the spectrum who would say, no, in fact, Genesis, they intentionally knew about all these other creation mythologies like Enuma Elish and Babylon. And they wrote Genesis as a way of undermining all of those other things to talk about how unique Yahweh is. So there's a whole spectrum of ways you can interpret it, but all of it kind of points to the idea that somewhere along the line, Israel in an encounter with God, with Yahweh 
they approached all of the cosmos with a completely different perspective. Yeah. So I'm happy to explain more to, to people if they want to know more. I can t- talk more about it. Honestly, I think that clears everything up. Okay, good. We're all on the same page. That's right. um, so the cool part about this sermon was A, how like expansive it is, and then B, how drilled down it gets and how specific mm-hmm. the psalmist gets. So we're talking about Psalm 104. And he says things, everything from like, you stretch out the starry curtain of the heavens. Okay, yeah. we're we're way out yeah, there in terms cosmic. of scale. Yeah. And then he's like, you go, you keep going, keep going, keep going. Grass to grow for the livestock. Uh, you allow them to produce food from the earth. Uh, olive oil to soothe their skin. We're talking about livestock skin now. Oh, that's human skin. Oh, human skin. Yep. Wait. You allow them uh, because you cut ca- you cause grass to oh, grow for, for the livestock to use, yeah. and plants for people to use. Okay. Well, well, fine. We're talking about skin. We go from starry curtains to skin. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that. And then it keeps going down. It keeps going to breath, to the very breath that we breathe. It zooms in and in and in. Yeah. And God created it all is like one of those church phrases that like, yeah, I just, yeah, God created it all. Like I believe it, but like never think more than a split second about it. But you look at Psalm 104 and you start doing the work of like paying attention to what is actually happening. Yeah. And you're right. You have to, you're, you, you are forced to either ignore it or you're forced to say, I'm going to praise God with all that I am because this is amazing. This yeah. is all yeah. inspiring, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's interesting. If you take Genesis one and you hold it up to this, what you'll see is that it overlays really nicely because Genesis one starts with creation of light and then, yeah. you know, stars and all that stuff. And then it gets down to animals and grass and all of that stuff. And then humans at the end who get the breath of life breathed into them. So it's, it, it really, I, and I mentioned Genesis one a lot, but it, it overlays really nicely onto Genesis. And there's also a lot of other little, little things like you'll notice in Genesis one that the animals are kind of categorized into, I don't want to get this wrong. Basically they're, they're categorized into domestic animals like cattle, wild animals, birds, and things that scurry and fit and creatures of the sea. Like those are like the five yeah. categories of animals and all of those find their place in Psalm 104 in one form or another, uh, each category of animal. So it's, it's this, it, it's almost like someone walked out into the na- natural world with Genesis one, <laughs> you know, in front yeah. of them. And then they just looked at Genesis one, looked at the world, looked back at Genesis one, and they just began dreaming with, with mm. an artist's eye. What, like, what does it mean for God to be present through all of these things? What yeah. does it mean for God to provide food for animals and food for people and all that? Is so there a, beautiful. Is there a specific type of person, Marin, you've said this about Jaden. Is there a specific type of person who it is very easy for them to see God in nature? And then there's a, like me, not easy. Uh, uh, I could never have written this. If you paid mm. me a million dollars, I never could have written a psalm like this. There are people in the world who are thinking this way about God. Like when I see nature mm-hmm. anywhere, I see God. Uh, what What is like, what does it take to be a person? Is this like just the spirit inside you or is this, can you learn this type of behavior? I mean, I think everybody is created so uniquely and individually just the same way that not everybody hears sounds the same way. Not everybody... Yeah takes in the universe the same way. I 
like I said, I am no armchair astrophysicist. I don't <laughs> take in the don't universe. Don't sell yourself, sell yourself short. What are you doing here? But that's part of the wonder of, you know, when you have kids and then they are so different from you. Jaden and I are alike a lot in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to music. But we're not alike in this sense where yeah. he opens my eyes to the wonder of nature around him in such a way that makes me go, man, why didn't I ever look at it like that before? Yeah. It's such a blessing to have that. Um, Meanwhile, Jed's like, I'm trying to buy magnolia trees and you still <laughs> don't notice. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think there's, I mean, everybody's wired differently and I can totally understand why some people don't just don't like Tyler, if you say you don't connect to that idea. I get that. I also think there's well, many- Well, it's not that. It's just that somebody has to point it out to me usually. Oh, yeah. Okay, and then sure. when you do, yeah. it, like this message for yeah. me, it was like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, well, yeah. you know, it was yeah. all that, that mind blowing sure. thing that you were doing for the children was actually for me. That was well, for me. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, but, but I, I think like, whoa, <laughs> that's what there it was. <laughs> but for me, like my pathway into this is curiosity. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that drives me. I'm so curious. I want to know why I want to know what's behind it. I want to know the processes that drive it. I want to know everything. Uh, so I'm curiosity is why I was reading a book on vacation about, you know, cephalopod consciousness. Cause I'm like, it came across my Amazon suggested books and I was like, okay, perfect, perfect beach read. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) why not? There's cephalopods in the, at the beach. Um, Okay. The other thing is some people look at it and it's not about curiosity. It's about the artistry and beauty mm-hmm. of creation. I mean, if you start looking at patterns and, and um, fractals and all that stuff, you can see this, this gorgeous, like life uh, art that's mm-hmm. just out there. And some people are very, and the colors and the sound, some people find that to be a gateway to seeing the, the wonder of nature and other people like Olivia for her, I don't think she, I mean, I don't hope I'm not speaking out of turn here. I don't think she cares about stars and science as much as she cares about the compassion that she has for living creatures. Yeah. She has this connection with animals that, um, and they seem to connect with her. And it's like for her, that's kind of her pathway to seeing God in, in mm-hmm. creation. And what I love about Psalm 104 mm-hmm. is it kind of covers the yeah. spectrum. This one it kinda, had it all. Yeah. It has a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's kind of how I see it. You said, uh, God is creator. God as creator is not something he did. It is something he continues to do. Yeah. What did you mean by that? Uh, What I meant by that was all the stuff in the kind of section about, let's see, verse 10 through 23 ish, all about the, um, God's provision, his active, his activity within creation. Um, and it, it also connects a little bit with what I talked about in verse in the second, the third section of the Psalm, which is all about God's breath. It's that he is, um, creation was not a historical event one time. That, that happened a long time ago. It is something that he is, he's continuing to provide life and food and shelter. And he's, yeah. and then also he's providing this breath, which is, you know, it's a poetic way of describing the fact that God is, is the one that his spirit is enlivening creation and giving, giving life to, I, I mentioned in the sermon that, and I'm sure some scientists might disagree with me on this, but from what I've read, and I'm talking even secular scientists, it seems as if the the biggest question that is yet to be answered is why life happens. What is it about reality that beings seek to grow and replicate and uh, and live? Well, Barry, when a man loves a woman. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh my god! 
Um, <laughs> oh and it's, yeah, this, that, that's, yeah. Marin's, she's blushing. That's, I just checked yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's this idea of why, why do we have, why do cells reproduce? Why does, you know, why does a, a, a fish like look for life? Why is everything yeah. trying to live? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's the big question. And so I think, um, I think that's what I was getting at in Psalm Psalm 104 is the idea that God's spirit is the why. Yeah. His his spirit is the driving force of creation, which yeah. gets a little hippie-ish and funky when you start talking about like the spirit of life and this like energy of life, but it's really I think it's very biblical even though it's kind of weird. It reminded me of I know this is this is not a a scientific thing. This is a this is an imagery thing. This is um, a point in Ezekiel about the dry bones. Mm -hmm. This has come up over and over again for me in the last like two weeks. And so when you started talking about the breath, I went uh, to Ezekiel 37 um, where Ezekiel's taken by the spirit of God to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and completely dried out. So then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Go ahead, New King James, NLT. Oh, sovereign <laughs> Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. So basically, yeah, God says to him, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. And then you'll know that I'm the Lord. And so he does that. As soon as they, uh, as soon as Ezekiel spoke this prophetic message, the bones started rattling and they started coming together all across the valley. And, and, and then they stood, uh, the bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then I watched as the muscles and flesh formed over the bones and then skin formed and covered their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies that they may live again. And when that happens, they all come to life and stand on their feet, a great army. Hmm. That's been a prayer of mine over the past couple of weeks that God's spirit would just hmm. breathe across this church, breathe into all of us. We can't go out and heal the six broken places if we don't have, uh, his breath of life, his joy to be able to be mobilized as an army, I guess is yeah. in my prayer. So when you started talking about, I think you made a quote from somebody that said, um, the drive to life is the very spirit of God within us. Um, the divine energy of life. Hmm. That's where it brought me back. It brought me back to what's been coming out of my quiet times in my study. Um, my thirst for the breath of life hmm. for all of us yeah. to have that breath of life. What's the, uh, reference for Ezekiel again, Ezekiel 37, 37. So <laughs> this is something I didn't get into because it definitely didn't fit in a worship together message. Kids would have been so lost, but there's actually multiple Hebrew words that mean breath. Ruach is one of them, but there's also nefesh and it's a, there's three or four that are used and there's a ton of 
inconsistencies in how they're used. Sometimes they seem to mean something like soul. Sometimes they mean something like breath and life. Sometimes it's sometimes they mean spirit. Mm-hmm. And people have tried to categorize them. But man, I was just doing some looking at it today, some further digging and they don't fall into neat categories. So I'm curious to look and see which word it was in Ezekiel. And it's probably Guys, a mix of them. I have the answer. What is it? <laughs> the only the only time I have ever given a sermon ever, <laughs> ever was on Ezekiel 37. Stop I know the it. answer to this. Come what is on, it? Tyler. It's Ruach. What? Is it Ruach? Yeah, when you said it, I was like, oh yeah, I, guys, I already knew that. I already knew I that, guys. I already knew it. I love this right uh, now. So. Well, because then you said in a couple of sentences after you made that quote about the drive to life, the divine energy of life, you said it's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that line drawn through scripture again, where the spirit is going to bring all these dry bones to life. The spirit brought Christ to life. That's, that's the spirit that I'm Okay, So the dry bones are what? It's Israel, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, you reach backwards in time. Ruach, God's spirit or breath is breathing life into Adam creation then you get to israel god has to breathe life into israel yeah then you reach forward in time god's breathing life into jesus then you reach forward in time even more god's breathing life or giving the spirit to the disciples to make disciples of christ right yeah uh you have the holy spirit and it's like you were saying barry that was my favorite i was so glad that you went here it's like the same life the same ruach 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 uh, the same that was breathed into Adam and the apples that we eat and all mm-hmm. the, and all of creation is, is inside of us. It is, yeah. it is the same breath. We have God's breath. We have God's spirit inside mm. of us. Mm. And to me, that is awe inspiring. Yeah. yeah. Like when you were doing the, when you were, uh, like I said, I, I'm not the guy who's like naturally paying attention to creation, but when you were like, Hey, you have the same breath in you. You didn't say this, but you have the same breath in you that was breathed into Jesus Christ. You have the same breath in you that's breathed into Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that that's awe inspiring. It is. Psalm 104 verse 30. When you give them your breath, life is created and you renew the face of the earth. Yeah. How beautiful is that? Yeah. My one problem is that what about like mosquitoes? <laughs> Desiree would be clapping right now if she heard you talking. <laughs> Why? That is the bane of her whole existence. Is like, do they have ruach? Were they like a result of the fall? Or what about right? the, what about the fish it. with now the like you weird will light suffer bulb? Pestilence. <laughs> what about the fish with the weird light bulb in front of its head? That guy's cool. No, these are like demon animals. <laughs> That's a really cool fish. Or like the what was the punching thing you talked about this week? Oh, that, the like, uh, mantis shrimp. Yeah. 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 Like what about the like, like punches, naked mole rat? It punches like animals to death to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> what about the naked mole rat? So naked mole rat. Are we supposed to like consider these the same as like a goat or like a giraffe? Okay. Thankfully, that, I, I you're asking a bunch of questions now. <laughs> yeah, I don't, well, I don't like, feel like I have to give a lot of brain space or time to thinking about, you know, the light bulb fish. I guess what I'm saying is he could have left those out. Here's what I'm, here's the way I look at it. Here's the way I look at it. There are in Genesis with creation, God designs a universe in which there is no death and there is no sin. 
And yet through the ability of humans choosing to sin, they are exiled from the garden. Mm-hmm. And so it's Do you all, think that when, that's it, when mosquitoes, mosquitoes were born? Well, that it's, all, moment. it's all poetry. So just let me talk this about it that poetry, way. This is poetry, everybody. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yes. So, so don't, I'm not trying to talk about like literal necessarily when it comes to this broad theme, but th- I, I look at through scripture and you get this idea that, that death is not necessarily the way things are meant to be in the sense that, um, yes, I know death is a part of life and it's all a part of this, this creation, but it's, it's almost as if, um, things are as yet unfulfilled or unconsummated where God is the new creation is coming where there will be no death and there will be no light bulb fish pain and light bulb fit. They'll probably be there, but, but <laughs> oh, no. you get, you get like prophecies like Isaiah 11, where it's like, you know, the wolf will lie down with the lamb That's and all exactly of that. And it's this, yeah. it's this, it's the sense that, that death is not, it's not going to stick around. Yeah. Death will die and then we will live with life. And so when I, when I think about the creatures that we, that we interact with, um, it, to me, it's just as if, I mean, it's almost like, like the carnivores have yet to, experience that they they're almost trapped in the reality of death because they need death to live. Yeah. Which I guess every creature does because plants die and it's, it's this. Yeah. So it's a, it gets in a really weird territory when you're trying to be like literal with it, but in a, in a more of a metaphysical way, I imagine new creation being in some way, a rebirth of all creation in which there is no death. And we are beginning to experience that because we have the spirit of Christ within us, yeah. but we will not fully experience it until we are resurrected in our resurrected bodies. And mm-hmm. Paul, Paul goes on and on about that. And he says, you know, he says like, look, the bodies that we have right now are like a seed. And what's, what comes out of the ground when you plant a seed looks nothing like the, you know, what you put in the ground. So uh, yeah. all that to say, I don't know what it's going to be like, but I, I imagine new creation being this good creation, but without death, whatever that yeah. means, however that works. So, yeah, when I'm just comes- saying if there's 300 sextillion stars, you could have left the light bulb fish out. <laughs> like we could have left Again, that out. Maybe there was a fish and he's like, I like this fish, but how can I make it funkier? Light bulb. Well, that works. I'll add a light bulb to I it. Did a, I did a paper on this topic in seminary and one of the things I came across was an early church father and I'm blanking on who he was, but he actually wrote in a way that described the the violent animals the carnivores as having been misled or led astray by humans who brought violence into the world and taught these animals to do something to, to, to be violent themselves. And so in a sense, these animals are also awaiting the, the redemption of our world. It's, I don't know. It, it's again, All I'm right. not trying to be all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> Here I'm, we a, go. I'm a carnivore. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm awaiting redemption. I'm feeling aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be literal necessarily. I'm just yeah. sort of saying when it comes to like these broad theological themes, that's what I think. Yeah. You, like, yeah. I just wanted to know about the mosquitoes, but I think, <laughs> I think you answered it. Um, also mosquitoes are, bats eat mosquitoes and they're, they're part of our, our ecosystem. Unfortunately, they're valuable. When you were sitting in my yard, did you see all the bats? I did. Yeah, we that saw was a so bat. cool. That's not cool at all. <laughs> you know they're there though, right? I do know they're there, right. but I think they're flying into my attic. Side note, oh, I'm terrified that I've got bats in my attic. What a great place yeah. for them to live. New Did you know that whenever, come whenever gird your loins. <laughs> apparently whenever a bat leaves its cave, it always turns left. What? I just, I read that this like week. Like UPS? 
<laughs> Do they always turn left? Is that well, a thing? I think it's a rule. They cannot turn left. They can only turn right. Where did you hear this? That I think that's like company a, policy. Huh? Because they're... It's like way more efficient to just always turn right. It's probably not more efficient. It's probably no. safer because they're sitting on the right side, maybe. I think, I think it's... Guys. Are you going to Google this right now? We're, we're doing our the first this. Between Sundays Google. <laughs> believe of all the opportunities we have had to google something this is the yep. first one yeah hey what'd you guys think while he's looking at that what do you guys think <laughs> about that whole the info about voyager one and the the, the that's insane the rocket that we sent out to space thirty-eight thousand miles no one's per ever hour gonna see oh it yeah again. yeah okay i just thought that was the coolest thing because you think about this the 200 sextillion stars and it's like wow it's a lot but i don't that doesn't mean anything Here's to what, me. it, so it immediately struck me as math because it kind of <laughs> It kind of oh, sounded no. like, a, you know, one of those questions on like a yeah, junior yeah. high paper, yeah. if like train if it's leaves going the station at, at seven. blah, blah, blah miles per hour, yeah. how many years would it take? Yeah. I'm like, this is math. I wasn't trying to make you do math. I was just trying to <laughs> blow your mind. But in case you missed the sermon, I was talking about Voyager 1, which is traveling away from us at 38,000 miles per hour. And I asked, how long do you think it would take to get to the next closest star, Alpha Centauri? Also, I had, at 11, I said, the next closest star, which is, anybody know? dead silence and I was like oh man that's not good <laughs> Ta-da! nobody in an entire room well, yeah, of people were you nobody's surprised gonna know about that. that should I have been nobody's I, maybe, gonna know that everybody knows Alpha Centauri is the next closest star knows. No. come on guys Anyway, you should have said, what direction does UPS always turn? (laughs) Right. You would have had hands raised. (laughs) Because that affects my Amazon package. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, anyway, if it had kept, if the, if that satellite, the farthest away from earth of any man-made object, if that were to continue, not a satellite, I'm sorry. It's a, just a ship. If it were to go towards Alpha Centauri at the same speed, it would get there in 40,000 years. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Who's going to, who's going to get that report? I, well, it would take 40,000 years for it to <laughs> yeah. get back to us. So man, um, and the batteries will be dead by then. So UPS does not ban left turns, but it's frowned upon. It's, it's very much frowned upon oh my goodness. when, uh, they have tools that analyze the number of left-hand turns for every route and they try to avoid left-hand turns at all costs. Wow. Cause it's less fuel efficient. Saves time. I guess it would be if you you're turning into traffic the, yeah. and huh. all that stuff. So you only make right-hand turns. So every time they turn on the left turn signal, does it have a little thing that goes, are you sure about that? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's yeah. that's that's amazing. That's the new punch buggy. I just, First, taught, I just taught my children about punch buggy like last week. We see a Volkswagen oh, and you punch the punch nearest buggy. person that you love. If you ever see a UPS truck with a Is left a turn thing? signal on. It's called a... UPS slap. <laughs> UPS slap. <laughs> I'm uh, guys. I'm bringing the heat today. Oh, yeah. first Ezekiel 37 ruach. Yeah. Now, yeah. now this. What else you got? <laughs> yeah. I think we got to call it. <laughs> Go out on a high note. Uh, Barry, this is a great message. I hope that you get to do many more, like creation care. Let's pontificate on the expansiveness of God's creation yeah. sermons in the future. But this was great. Thanks for, do, thanks for doing it. Thanks. I think, you know, we did Hope Month on this past, this year on the broken place of hatred. I would be really interested to see what we would come up with if we did a Hope Month on uh, the broken place of decay mm. and yeah. on, on creation care in general. I feel like 
Everybody sign up for recycling. That's all you got to do this month. We could do some really fun stuff. And I feel like our kids would actually get really into it and be more excited than probably the adults at some of the stuff that we've been (laughs) doing. Well, you mentioned the Fisher's Campus and the award that they just received. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I don't know if it was an award or or a... Acknowledgement. So, so basically the way that they designed the Fisher's campus, the the property, if you've been there, you've seen it, is they, they built these swales in these like little dips in the ground where all the runoff from the parking lot goes into this like natural wildflower area before it goes into the ground. And so it, it retains the water so much better so you don't have to water the property all the time. And it keeps the runoff at bay so it doesn't just like flood the sewer system and everything. And it's just really great ecological design. It's really smart and very, and it's all, I think all indigenous native wildflower plantings and things like that. So it's just habitat restoration in the midst of building a building Mm -hmm. because parking lots are literally the worst for nature. (laughs) I mean, that whole song, you're just eliminating it, paved paradise and put up a parking lot. They're actually the worst. County crows. They they reflect. <laughs> Stop. I, I knew Mary Stop. would give me that. <laughs> Stop it now! I rebuke you. Trademark <laughs> County Crows. All that to say, we are doing our best to make a, a parking lot as non-destructive to the environment yeah. as possible. And I just thought that was neat because a lot of people would not know that that yep. that was intentional and yeah. Um, again, just reflects uh, this church's commitment um, to creation care. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there at One Forty Sixth Street. Right now, our our grounds are kind of like a scar upon the earth, except around the front pond, which is awesome. And our whole North 40. But do people know about they the North don't. 40? Okay. Tell the people. Okay. We have on the North part of our parking lot, uh, North of our parking lot, we have this huge like natural habitat, like restoration area. We've got all these paths that go through our, uh, all the, the grass, the wildflowers and stuff like that. There's deer back there. Yeah. There's bunnies back there. Like it's, it's amazing. And, uh, we also have some gardens that we've been growing and things like that. And yeah, it's very cool. We just, my family and I took a walk through that a couple months ago, um, for the first time. And everyone in my family said, I never knew this was back here. Right. So I just think that's cool. People right. need to know. And it's just open to the public. Feel like feel free. At some point they're going to have like a, a path or a trail that goes through that part of our parking lot or that area. So people will start to know and like, who knows, maybe someday we could have like a sign that's like, <laughs> that's asking a lot. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's your area, Tyler. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Can we have a sign? So what are we doing next? What's happening? What, uh, where are we going? We got a couple more weeks, two more weeks of the Psalms. Uh, we've got this coming week. Dad is preaching on, he just told me this. Uh, oh shoot. I can't remember. <laughs> Probably something. Believe God. Believe yeah. God. Just that. Yeah. Yeah. Just that. Yeah. yeah. It's about, oh, oh, when I need guidance, it's, it's about, oh yeah, yeah what, when, when I'm lost or I need guidance in my life, that's what the next one is. And then I'm going to close out the whole thing by kind of doing a bit of a recap right. slash looking at Psalm one and Psalm 150. Oh, cool. So beginning and end, beginning and end and how they are intentional. And then everybody's back in school basically, right? Summer's over. <sighs> yeah. Well, you're not going to school. <laughs> No, I get sad when it's back to school time. I love yeah. having my kids around. I love it. Yeah. But they're excited to get back to school for sure. Hmm. Desi's excited to kick off high school. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Dave will be here next week. Hopefully, unless his schedule prevents him like last time from being here. <laughs> I think he'll be here. All right, great. So we'll look forward to that. But until then, Marin, will you please... Send us out. I will. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. <laughs>